And we're back. Yeah, buddy. Doing it again, doing it again, doing it again, doing it again. Yeah, we're doing it again. Business priority. Try again. Stop. Hold. Halt. Business priority. Life cycle management. Episode 61. Hey, friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets out there. Welcome back to another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, our goal is to provide you a real-world context around technology. I'm your host, Zig Ziga. Welcome back, my friends. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, so we are finding, we are doing a business priority episode again today. This one's going to be highlighting life cycle management, that business priority. All right. Um, before we jump into that priority, let's talk about what priorities actually are in this entire process. So what we're doing is something called consultative leadership. Consultative leadership. In, in this, this process, this framework, uh, we are going to build a business plan for your organization to be successful. That's the whole point here. These business priorities that we're going to talk about for every organization, for every customer, every environment, these priorities are the foundation of this entire process. I like to call that these are the buckets that everything else goes into. Every outcome, every driver, every capability, every solution, when we talk about solutions, they will roll up to these priorities. So the priorities are the starting point. I like to suggest that we limit the priorities that we assign an organization between three to five. So we limit it between three to five priorities. And the reason why we do that is because three is a good number to start with. Five is a good number to end with. When we get any higher than that, when we start to get to six, seven, eight, and nine priorities, it becomes very super difficult to understand the differences between those priorities. I've been using the example of, uh, let's say you have a customer who has a security priority, so they have a security. And then they have another priority of cyber security. Right? And, and to them, it means two different things. It can be very hard for us to understand those differences. So if you have a number of priorities, when you have six, seven, eight, nine priorities, there's a lot of priority overlap. But if you do have security and cyber security as two priorities out of the three or five, you have to ensure that it's very clear what they mean between the two of them, Right? You have to make sure that there's no overlap or that it's a very, you, you, doubt, you have a line, right? You're drawing up a wall. What is the difference between those two priorities? So business priorities have to mean something to the senior leadership team. They have to resonate. So if you're talking about your environment, your organization, a company you're helping, the priorities, the language used has to mean something to the senior leadership team, to those stakeholders that you're working with. If it doesn't mean something to them, if it doesn't resonate, then you need to re-wordsmith it with them live. I always like to tell everyone, it's better to leverage the customer's language over your own language. Because again, you're stepping into their shoes for you know a day or two days or whatever. They're doing this every day. So whatever language they're going to leverage, it's going to resonate with them. The description, so on the same same topic, right? So the priority has to resonate with them. The description of the priority also needs to resonate with the stakeholders. You have some more room in the description to add more content. So I always like to say that when you're doing this, if you're writing notes in a workshop setting, you know, I would throw in some keywords that were said during the workshop that I know resonated with them. And that way it's a lot clearer, a lot easier for us to re-wordsmith re it together live. So today's business priority example, again, these are real 
wall and in the wild examples. These are things that customers are leveraging today. So this isn't like me faking this and making it up. No, this is real stuff. Customers are leveraging these priorities today. This one is lifecycle management. I'm not a big fan of this priority, but a lot of customers need this priority. It's not the easy priority. It's not customer experience. It's not digital transformation. It's not even security, which we've talked about. These are Those, those are fairly simplistic in, in the grand scheme of things. Lifecycle management can be a little bit more um, broader and a little bit more complex at times. So I just want to recap on what we've covered so far. So again, today will be lifecycle management, but we've covered a number of business priorities over the last few uh, weeks. So our first episode was uh, episode 56, where we covered pervasive security. Our next episode was uh, episode 58, digital transformation. Next one was 59, customer experience. And the last one we just did was episode 60, and that was operational efficiency. So those are the, those are the episodes. I will have the links to all of their show notes in the description. Not the description. That's YouTube. Sorry. I will have the links to all the show notes in the show notes of this episode. And again, this episode is 61, lifecycle management. So lifecycle management. What do we mean by lifecycle management? I think it depends on who we're talking about, right, and who we're working with. I think lifecycle management means things to different people. So if we're talking a, a SaaS company, it might mean one thing. If we're talking about a higher ed, higher education, like a um, college or a university, it's going to mean something very different, right? Um, lifecycle management means a number of things to a number of people. So what I'd like to use is lifecycle management is all about it can, be, it can be all about ensuring none of your things go end of life. And I say things, none of your resources, let's say resources is a better word. None of your resources go end of life. So that's your hardware, your software, your servers, your infrastructure, your switches, your routers, whatever vendor stuff you're, you purchased, right? None of that goes end of life, right? That, that's an easy, quick identification of lifecycle management. So it's not just about none of that goes into life. It's about the processes and the policies to ensure that everything is updated accordingly before it goes into life. In some cases, it might be end of support too, depending on the organization. So end of life, end of support, whatever. Um, that's the easy identification. Hardware, physical hardware going into life, end of support. But there's software as well. So software does also have end of life, end of support. So making sure that you're upgrading the software, that's part of this process too. So you've got hardware and software. You also have things that are a little bit less tangible than hardware and software. Something else I'd like to leverage here is certificates. So if you have a PKI, infrastructure, uh, PKI public key infrastructure, and you have a certificate authority, your certificates will expire. There's a date that they expire. The management of those certificates is part of this process sometimes, lifecycle management. I bring this example up because actually I've had a lot of customers where they have had outages because their certificates expired. Now, some of those outages have been so simple that it's like um, this one web server died for a minute because the certificate expired. I just reissued a new certificate. It took me 30 seconds or a minute. I reinstalled it, and it was back online. Okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a very low impact to that organization. On the flip side, I've seen customers where they're running a network access control solution, NAC, and NACs require certification certificates, not certifications. I don't know why I keep saying that. NAC requires certificates to operate effectively and to authenticate people. If those certificates expire, NAC goes offline. Well, what is NAC? Network access control is authenticating all your users to the network. And if NAC goes offline, what happens? No one can get online. 
dun, dun, dun. Sorry. I'm being dumb today. It's really early. Um, yeah, so no one can online. That's actually happened a lot over the last couple of years, last few years. So I always recommend that, um, you, especially when you're building NAC solutions, you want to make sure that you know when those certificates are going to um, expire so that you can renew those certificates before they expire. Well, that's what lifecycle management is all about, is certificate um, tracking, knowing when they're going to expire, and then getting a process and a procedure in place to renew them before they expire so you don't have those issues. Um, that's a technical, real technical right process solution there to mitigate that issue. For like a higher ed um, so like your, your student, not student, your colleges, your universities, um, I've seen actually life cycle management be used to track and maintain uh, courses and coursework and um, instruction, instructional videos and, and content. So course content. Um, I've had life cycle management actually um, track that and, and alert on, hey, this needs to be updated. They put a shelf life, uh, a shelf life date on when that content is good until in terms of when it needs to be updated. And that way the content's regularly updated. Maybe that's a year, maybe that's two years, maybe that's three years, but they go ahead and they put in that date so that the content gets updated regularly based on the need um, and based on the changes in the market. So I've seen lifecycle management used for that too over the years. So let's talk about a a description for lifecycle management, right? Um, So this is gonna be a couple different options. This one we're gonna talk about is deploy technology and establish processes that helps Faculty and administration proactively monitor software and hardware lifecycle throughout the school district or college or university, whatever word that works there, right? So that's all about um, software, hardware, and it's a school district. That's a college. Um, For that one, it's all about um, the coursework as well. It can be about the coursework too. Um, This one's pretty similar. Deploy technology and establish processes that help proactively monitor software and hardware lifecycle throughout the organization. So those are, those are just quick examples I wrote down real quick. Um, the intent here is that you're managing the lifecycle, right? So you're, you're tracking it in some sort of tool, database, whatever, Excel document, spreadsheet. And then you're ensuring that nothing dies. I mean, that's really what lifecycle management is. Um, now, the benefits to a, a company is that, hey, you can factor that into your budget. You can factor that into your process, your plan. So then when you know when something's going to go into life because you're tracking it, you can plan. You can put money associated to that to replace that device, replace those hardware, um, upgrade that software. The manual process of reissuing um, certificates that doesn't even cost any money sometimes, right? You have your own certificate authority. You have your own PKI infrastructure. That's just a process, and someone has to do the work. That's it. Now, obviously, if you don't have your own PKI uh, or your certificate authority and you have to go buy a certificate, that's different. That's going to cost money, right? But... Um, again, it's a different cost, a different resource cost, depending on the situation. Um, I really haven't seen lifecycle management be anything else in this case. It's usually just lifecycle management. I think I've seen a lifecycle, you know, lifecycle by itself. I've seen lifecycle management. I've seen um, technology lifecycle, I think, but it's pretty much the same thing. I don't think I've seen anything crazily different than lifecycle management over the years, but it's so I just I think it's just lifecycle management. But the description does change depending on what the customers really care about. So in this case, sometimes it's really focused on software and hardware. And in other cases, I've seen it really focused on like um, higher ed tracking of course content and, and whatnot. So it wasn't even about software or hardware. It's really about course content and making sure it was updated regularly. I've seen some some training environments where they're, they're updating videos on demand or VODs regularly as well, and they use lifecycle management to do that. So that was our business priority lifecycle management. Pretty straightforward, right? Pretty easy, um, not too difficult. Um, not a lot of deviation on that priority like the others. 
So in this entire process, never once did we talk about a specific vendor solution. Not even once. There is no need, and I keep reiterating that, there is no need to solutionize. None. Everything must be tied back to the business. Everything must be tied back to the business. And I ask these questions, and these are my leading questions, right? And if you've been following along, it's the same questions as last couple episodes, but I'm just reiterating this point. It's so important. Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this solution? It's an important question to ask. What's the value for the business? And what's the value for me and the organization and my company? And then the flip question on that one, what's the impact if we do not do this? What's that business impact? Are we going to not get that increased revenue? Are we going to not increase that time to market on new services and applications? Are we going to not get that true multiplier? This process is real and raw and in the wild. It is a tried into your process. It works. I can guarantee you it works every step of the way. When conducted correctly, the organization, the company, the environment you work with, those stakeholders, that business is going to have this business plan, this consultative leadership business plan. And it's going to be there for years to come. They're going to leverage it. They're going to love it. And then you can adapt it. You can modify it. You can tweak it based on the changes. And what you can do is you can actually show them, show your stakeholders, show those senior leaderships that you're making technical decisions, product decisions, vendor solutions decisions, but then you're also making design decisions based on this plan. And it's going to be very clear, very easy to identify. None of what we talked about the last few episodes was hard. None of it required a whole bunch of technical experience or depth. This is all consulting. This is all being a trusted advisor, being that technical leader, and helping the customers drive them towards their changes that they need. That's all this is, and it's so easy to do. Hey, friends, that's going to close out this episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast. Today, we covered our business priority, and it was lifecycle management. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can add comments on the show notes. Show notes today are going to be zigbits.tech slash 61. 616161. You can always email me as well if you need any questions, comments, you want to have some sort of direct interaction. Uh, my email is zig at zigbits.tech. Hey, since you're, since you're listening to the podcast today, um, my ask to you is to go and subscribe if you haven't already. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And then if you have a couple minutes, please do leave us a review, a feedback on our content. It helps me greatly. It might be, it only takes a couple minutes of your time, but it helps this show and it gets the show out there to other people to look at and listen and consume this free content that we're giving. On that note, we're transitioning our show here from a bi-weekly show to a weekly show. Yes, we're going to give you more content every week instead of every two weeks. All right, on the flip side of that, if you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel where we're doing new YouTube content every week as well. So if you do that math, we have a new, a new podcast episode going out every week, and we have a new YouTube video going out every week. That's two, at a minimum, two new pieces of content weekly for you to consume. Uh, an easy link to get to that YouTube video, that YouTube content that we're consuming or consuming, creating every week is uh, zigbits.tech slash YouTube, and it'll redirect you directly to our YouTube account or YouTube channel. Um, go ahead and hit subscribe there if you don't mind and hit that bell so that you're notified whenever we have a new YouTube video. Again, we do have them weekly at a minimum. All right, my friends, I appreciate you. I thank you. And until next time, bye for now.